0: I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia, at thecommentary.ca. Beyond Van Gogh, the immersive experience will open in Surrey at the Agriplex at the uh, Cloverdale Fairgrounds next Wednesday, the 1st of February, and will bring visitors completely into more than 300 of the greatest works of the artist Vincent Van Gogh. Produced by Paquin Entertainment Group, the uh, same folks who produced Imagine Van Gogh last year here in Vancouver, this is an entirely different exhibition. ...from the Montreal-based Normal Studio and its creative director, Mathieu Saint-Arnaud. Joining me now is uh, the art historian Fanny Courta, who will preview what to expect in Surrey, the look and feel, as well as the sound and senses enlivened by the experience of the exhibition. I'll ask her about Van Gogh, how he worked and why he remains relevant today. Fanny Courta is uh, the art history consultant for Beyond Van Gogh, the Immersive Experience. She is a PhD candidate... At the uh, Université du Québec, à Montréal, visit com for tickets and information. There are time tickets, though there isn't a limit as to how long one can stay, so it's uh, not a rushed experience. Please uh, welcome to the Planta on the Light program, Fanny Courtauld. Ms. Courtauld, good morning.
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us. Um, beyond Van Gogh has been um, in other cities, is that right?
1: Oh, it's been all over the place since we opened at the beginning of spring of 2021. Just that year alone, I think we've been to over 20 cities, and then it's just grown and grown. We're past 40 now, all over North America, but also South America. It's really, really the show that keeps on touring and growing. We knew we had something special. We were really proud of it, the way it just caught on and the way people gravitate towards it and are just fascinated with Vincent's work, all of this is just an incredible privilege to witness.
0: So you're a historian, um, an academic, someone who, who um, uh, this is your, your line of work, if you will. What mm-hmm. is it like to know that, that uh, people who may not have been familiar with Van Gogh going into the exhibition become quite interested and fascinated with him?
1: Well, I'm very glad that you think that that could happen because that is my goal and my pleasure in doing a project like this because it is about opening a little bit more the doors of the art world, providing different access points for families, for different type of audiences, for people who might not think museums are for them. Museums yeah. can be intimidating. And so this project is really about opening the door. It's never going to replace a museum. Nothing can replace a museum experience where you have the aura of an original. That's pure magic to be in front of a real Van Gogh. But to just be able to go beyond the frame and be into one, that's just phenomenal. And it's really meant to to appeal to everybody, to talk to everybody. Whether you know already a lot about Van Gogh, that's great. Then you're like me, living the fantasy of being into the work you already know and love. But if people know nothing about Van Gogh, it's such a great way of discovering his work and seeing that A 19th century artist has so much to teach us still in this 21st century.
0: Indeed. That's the thing that will impress a lot of people is that the show um, uh, is great for experts like yourself, but but those of us who might not know anything about Van Gogh, children especially, uh, will Mm -hmm. get something out of it. And I'm sure that's what guests and visitors tell uh, you as they leave, Mm -hmm. that that this is something that uh, I'm sure you've also had uh, multiple visits from people, right?
1: Yeah, and it's been really a privilege. When I get to travel for the openings of these shows, From Time to Time, you have people enjoying it in such different ways, exactly like a museum experience. You sort of bring what you want and what your baggage is to an experience like this. So some people are moved to tears and prefer to sit down and really take it all in. Other people are just swirling around and twirling along whatever is moving on the walls. And when you see kids running around after the brushstrokes, following the motif, the petals flowing all over the room, there's something so magical about this interaction about the audience and this work, to be inside of it is a really different experience. Like I said, nothing like the aura of an original, but then when you're engulfed in it, you really vibrate alongside with it. And you really, really see such a varied scale of reaction from people, and that's the most inti- most interesting thing about art for me
0: and and as as an expert as as, as an academic you, 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 you I'm assuming that you learn something every time you see um, something new I, I guess you do see mm-hmm. something new in in Van Gogh every time, don't you
1: yeah of course, and before starting this project, of course, I already knew a lot about him, but this gave me an opportunity to go back to particularly the letters with his brother and I had read excerpts here and there, and you, his quotes are so famous and all, all over the place on the internet already, but when you get a chance to really go and read this conversation between these two brothers that took course over 18 years, you really, really feel the importance of this treasure trove of information. It's so rare in art history to have so much insight and such a way into an artist's mind and work through his own words and... To because this privileged relationship with his brother was so open, his brother was everything to him, mm. you really, really have a sense that you're accessing his his soul in a way, his heart, everything that he's sharing with such candor. And so that was a beautiful, beautiful journey. Sometimes you, you go about a subject in a very theoretical approach, and you are able to place the artist in the grand scale of things and in art history in general, but to have this chance to really dive into this intimacy it's really such a privilege and I understand now why every art historian that specializes in Van Gogh always end up teary-eyed at some point when talking about him because Mm -hmm. you really do feel that you can connect with him and he's somebody who's non-confrontational he was battling very famously his own demons and we can all relate with that to some level and so it was really, really what I took from this project with this unique privilege to go back to this incredible material.
0: And even his self portrait, I mean, a lot of us are familiar with, with that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a marvelous exercise in, in myth making, but at the same time, um, he, he seems um, to, to provide insight about himself in how he depicts himself. I mean, is, that, is it a mm-hmm. correct assumption on my part that we no, see the complexities definitely. of the person?
1: Definitely, because, you know, his career was rather short when you think about it. He passed away when he was 37, and he painted over the course of 10 years or so. So that's a really, really short amount of time for the amount of work that we have from him. He painted over 850 paintings, and when you add the watercolors, the sketches and everything, you get to around 2,000 pieces. And so to have a good chunk of that, over 37 self-portraits, over such a short period of time, when you look at them, you realize just how varied they are. And in the exhibit, we chose to put them side by side and not have them inserted in the more chronological fashion. Mm. And when you have them all together like this at once, we don't show all 37, but you still get a good idea of the widely different approach each of these portraits represents. It's like a different person every time. So you do feel like he's not painting necessarily reality. That's true for the whole of his work. It's not necessarily what he sees. It's really what he feels, what he perceives. And you do feel that especially so with these self-portraits. And the other thing with him is that we only have one photograph that exists of him when Mm -hmm. he's 19 years old. And so these self-portraits are another way of accessing not only his work, the way he goes beyond reality, the way the treatment contributes to the feel of the painting and the feel of the subject he's painting, the essence of his portrait himself but also of what he might have looked like actually and mm. so it's a really really fascinating scene in the show to really realize that in some cases again a 37 year old man looks like his father he looks well into his 50s and so it's a really really great window into its soul
0: yeah uh, we see a lot of yellow a lot of blue were, were these his favorite colors
1: Probably. All of his colors were really imbued with a lot of symbol. He was really thoughtful about his color choices. For example, the yellow was, for him, the color of the sun, the color of then gratefulness. It's the color of life, and that's why he loved the sunflowers so much. They were sort of this rustic Mm raw flower that he felt akin to, but it's also the flower that turns towards the sun. And so that's why it's also the color of gratefulness, of gratitude. And so there are these symbols there. We do have to keep in mind that a lot of the pigments he used at the time were not easily traveling to time. And so Mm -hmm. when you read some of his letters, he described his bedroom with some tints that are more akin to violet and purple blues, which we don't see anymore. But you still feel this intensity of the colors he chose. You still feel the fact that he's putting them side by side and not blending them so much as letting them coexist and fight sometimes on the surface. And that's why blues and yellows are fighting. They're really providing such contrast between one another that it creates a lot of movement, a lot of dynamism. So he was really, really thoughtful about color, about their symbol, about the power of it in terms of representation, but also in terms of emotion. And definitely blues and yellows were most prevalent in his palette.
0: Did did he um, think that, that we'd be looking at his work hundreds of years later?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a very difficult question, because he's a bit of both. You have this yearning to reach a wide audience in his letters. He wants to help. He tried different different types of trades. He wanted to be an art dealer. He tried to be a preacher. That didn't work. He was not good at communicating, and that's why he ended up turning and accepting the fact that painting was his outlet. And so On the one hand, you have this side of him that really, truly wants to communicate. He really thinks of future generation, of the art of the future. That's really something that is at the center of his work. And then at the same time, at the end of his life, he was getting a lot of traction, and he was quite renowned amongst the avant-garde and other artists that Mm -hmm. were pushing the envelope, like him. And you have this great artist uh, critic in Paris, Gabriel Aurier, who wrote, an arti- who wrote an article about him saying that he's this alchemist of color, this genius of light, and then you have Vincent writing to his brother Theo, saying something like, I, he can't be talking about me, That <laughs> I need to set the record straight. There was not something easy about accepting just this budding recognition that was coming his way, so I'm pretty sure he would be stunned at the sheer magnitude of his popularity now and the global phenomenon he's become but at the same time he knew he was onto something that was communicating with a lot of people on some deep deep level and that could reach many different types of people over time and so it's a bit of both really
0: yeah yeah Uh, so so we'll see uh, the the works that we that that a lot of snow like starry night and sunflowers we'll 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 see Mm -hmm. those uh, and and more just how many pieces are part of this uh, exhibition
1: so we selected about 300 of these pieces. Like I said, he did over 850 paintings, and so these 300 paintings are really about taking the audience on a journey through the evolution of his work. Again, over the span of 10 years. So you have the beginning when it's much darker. He's still learning. He's in the Netherlands. He's copying older master. It's much, much darker when you look at these paintings. Sometimes it's, already, it's hard to think of the Van Gogh we associated with, but. It's really the beginning of something already wonderful where he looks at peasant life where all of the rest of the painting society in Paris were painting Venuses coming out of shelves and mythological heroes and he chooses the peasants because he sees beauty there. And so it's already the beginning of something special. And then he gets to Paris and discovers the brightness of the Impressionists mm-hmm. and then goes to the south of France and there is this, this pure explosion of color that we know and love him for. And then at the end of his life at auvergne sur near Paris is pure movement, it's pure texture. And you're really taken on this journey from darkness to light, this evolution through movement and color. And it's really, really an interesting journey. And like I said, with the self-portrait, we have some bubbles that are more anachronical mm. that take you into his world. So all of his self portrait but also portraits of the people he did around him. He couldn't afford models most of the time, so he painted basically his friends, his community, his family. And so having all of them together around you, you have a sense of who was surrounding him. And so it's really this kind of journey you're taking upon.
0: And, and what have artists, or aspiring artists, or established artists even, what, what have they told you in terms of what they learn about art itself from, from seeing Van Gogh's work as they do in an in, in, in exhibit like Beyond Van Gogh?
1: It's something that's really freeing. It's something about when you see his work on such a large scale, you really appreciate the brushstroke, the way he applied them. You see the energy. You feel the intensity of something that's that's painted quite rapidly. You feel that there's something almost frantic in the gesture itself, and that's something that can be very liberating. It's also something that focuses not necessarily on being precise, on being exact in terms of drawing, in terms of precision of realism. It's something that's, again, very freeing in terms of focusing on something that's really just an emotion, a feeling, a perception of something that's in front of you. And so all of these things still connect. And there's something that was very odd because of the fact that we started this project during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, an artist, of course, that is known for the crisis in his life, that is known for struggling, for the mental illness issues, for poverty, and all of these things that make his legend of a martyr, of a quite dark figure in the art world. And yet, we were going through crisis, and it was a good way of underlining the fact that all of this darkness that sort of plagued his legend, you don't see it in his work. His work is about providing solutions to the darkness in his life. Mm. His work is about light it's about brightness it's about the healing power of nature the healing power of color it's about using art this way and that felt very fresh and very inspiring when we were all cooped up inside and we were all struggling for many different reasons going from crisis to crisis to have somebody who was able to just look around him in his own bedroom and find enough beauty to make a piece of art out of it so his Technique in itself is still very, very inspiring and liberating, but also his just approach to life and art Mm. is also something in which we can find renewed interest according to what we're going through.
0: Indeed, indeed. Um, Do you have a recommendation as to how uh, much time one should spend, say?
1: Usually the whole exhibit takes about an hour because first you enter and you read his own words, you have Mm -hmm. letters, you have some texts. And then you have a portal that we call the waterfall room that sort of prepares you for the movement. That can be a little bit trippy when you set foot in the last room, the immersive room. And in this room, the loop is about 35 minutes, but we've seen people stay more. Mm -hmm. It's really about taking it all in. So organically, it takes about an hour, but really the key is to go at your own rhythm and stay until you resonate with what's happening around you. It's really something that should be quite organic.
0: And and uh, I'm assuming special attention was paid to the choice of music. I mean, uh, that must be fun to think about what sort of music goes with, with an a- mm-hmm. exhibition like this. What will people hear when they go through Beyond Van Gogh?
1: It was definitely a big part of it, because music is such an important part of an immersive experience. It's really something that helps carry you. It's not just the visual feeling. It's also the music that takes you places. And the obvious choice for exhibits about an artist like this from the 19th century would have gone to period-appropriate music like Seti and Debussy. Mm -hmm. But the idea was to sort of connect Vincent with the 21st century and see that he coexists in a way in our world and that he still applies with it and that it's still worthwhile to have his work, not just because they're worth millions of dollars, but because they're powerful. And so music, we chose an approach that bridges this gap again between 19th century and 21st century. And so the idea was to have music from different periods, different styles, and the fact, and sort of emulate the fact that his work goes through these different periods of time, coexists with these different periods of time, and remains relevant, remains timeless in a way. And so it's really about having this more contemporary experience of the work. And it's something that fits also with a more day-to-day experience we might have of artwork, not necessarily in a museum, but say you have a coffee table book mm-hmm. about Van Gogh, you're not going to put the BC every time you're going to shuffle through it. It's something that really coexists and is part blends with our existence. And so music, sort of again, is there to bridge that gap and see that everything coexists in this really interesting way.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a, the robust thing about Van Gogh's work that it, it's it's relevant and it, it's. Uh, uh usable in in these various forms of that we we as the viewer say when mm-hmm. we need it it's there and um it, it'll yield something important for us regardless yes. of whatever situation whether we're happy or we're sad or we're we lack creativity especially it's, it's it's particularly inspiring isn't it
1: exactly and that's true for him that's true for a lot of art history and that's just the great power of art that it taps into something that is really timeless that is really also in many things in many ways universal and so when you get to connect with that and Vincent is a very easy gateway for that because of these choices that he made because he was again fighting his own demons and focused on his own perception of things it's something that we can really really share easily and his work is about sharing it's something that literally goes towards people when you see an original Van Gogh on a museum wall it already looks like it's moving, it already looks yeah. like it's leaping towards you because the colors are so bright. So his work is really a welcoming one, and it's something that usually acts as a great gateway into the rest of the art world itself, and that makes him a quite powerful artist.
0: Indeed, indeed. Uh, so beyond um, uh, Surrey, um, uh, be, the, the exhibition will go other cities. You mentioned 20 already. It'll, it'll go other places, I'm sure. Will oh, it, yeah.
1: You know. it's, it's been over 40 even now. It's really, really mm-hmm. something. There's something about our show that we're incredibly proud of, but that speaks again to Vincent Power.
0: Indeed. I so appreciate your time today, Fanny. All the best, and, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing Beyond Van Gogh in Surrey. Thanks for this.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: The website for more is at uh, vangosurrey.com. Beyond Van Gogh, the immersive experience will open uh, Wednesday, the 1st of February at the uh, Agriplex at the uh, Cloverdale Fairgrounds in Surrey. Uh, visit com for more information. Fanny Courtat join me on the line from uh, Montreal in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plata.